It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. We have a new sponsor, Crossfire, don't we? Yeah. ASAP Energy. That's right. That's Appreciate right. Rick that. Cook. ASAP. That's right. Right. Let's That's... get it right. <laughs> See, I try to feed him something, Cindy, well, and he <laughs> failed miserably. Thank you. So, no. hey, he needs some more coffee. I know, right? So that's all. No, we appreciate ASAP Energy for sponsoring uh, Crossfire, and uh, we normally have a lively debate here with Anthony Moore representing the Republican Party, and our friend, the Minority Leader Cindy Munson, representing uh, the Democratic Party. Cindy is on the Southwest Air and Heat Hotline. Uh, good morning to you, Cindy. Good morning. Well, Josh West was going to fill in for Anthony because I think Anthony is out and about uh, on assignment or vacation. And, and I guess Josh was so excited about, uh, you know, overturning uh, the latest Governor, uh, Governor Stitt veto that he decided to uh, be a no-show this morning. <laughs> well, maybe there was some miscommunication that happens sometimes. It's probably the fact that I forgot to text him yesterday. I texted him this morning, but uh, I'm so bad about uh, remembering to do that. I, my kid had football practice last night, his second football practice ever. Oh, yeah. So we're getting adjusted to that. Well, Cindy, it's okay because uh, we're still we're still going to talk about important issues. But first of all, I want to congratulate you because I know – as a woman, you must be super excited that we now have a women's bill of rights here in the state of Oklahoma, right? Are you excited? I, you know, I have to say, I had no idea how to be a woman or how to exist in the world until the governor put this thing together. So you must have been following me around because I've been talking about that everywhere I go. I ask every woman I see, are, are you just feeling so great that <laughs> it's, you know, and I know, I know we're, we're joking about it and I'm glad we started off like that. Cause it's like, you know, sometimes I tell people I got to laugh so I don't cry, but it's just, um, you know, it, it's, one of those things and something I try to highlight, I mean, in some of my communications out to my constituents, and then of course the media reaches out on things like this is, you know, that happened the day after. And um, we can talk about this too, that the governor lost on the tribal compact issue with the legislature um, on Monday, we voted to override his veto. And so he knew that was going to happen. I don't think there was really any surprise there. So of course he had to plan something the next morning that would get him national media attention. He was on Fox news, I think by like 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, and, and for some folks, they might like that, but you know, I've heard from women. In fact, I had a woman come in my office later that day uh, or the next day, excuse me, from rural Oklahoma, conservative woman who's living through um, a domestic violence issue. And her question was, what does that bill of rights do for me? How are we protecting women like me who are being, um, you know, who are being, um, who are, who feels unsafe in their own home by their partner who they have a child with. And so that's the thing that we try to elevate when that came out is that, you know, what does this actually do for women in Oklahoma when there are all these challenges that women face? And the answer is nothing, of course. So you're, so, so you don't uh, feel empowered is what you're telling me after this? <laughs> I actually think I feel more empowered in that. I, you know, when I, when these types of things happen, um, I get frustrated because it certainly, you know, divides us, gets us distracted, but I try to, to use those opportunities to educate folks on, 
well, if you really want to know and talk about what's going on with women in Oklahoma, then let's have that conversation. So that's where I feel empowered. But no, because he's, you know, I don't even know what exactly that Bill of Rights would actually do or uh, what it does in terms of, you know, protection for women. Um, not much. But but let me let me take the other side, Cindy, and be serious for a second, though. But... Isn't there a concern for some females out there that they feel like all of a sudden there is a small minority trying to appropriate their gender? And is it is a legitimate concern for some females to be worried about a man, you know, who's claiming to be a woman, use their public restroom or their their locker room? I mean, that's a valid concern for some women, isn't it? It's hard to say or agree to valid because these are, um, I mean, the the narrative around men wanting to use women's bathrooms and play women's sports and be in locker rooms and 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 be in prisons and and whatever else. I mean, even what the governor was touting um, is is just untrue. What 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 is happening here is it, it comes down to. Um, it's it's creating some type of villain. And I know, you know, we've had conversations about, um, you know, trans Oklahomans and things like that. But, you know, for someone, you know, to I, if people are not men are not going around just identifying themselves as women so they can walk into a restroom. Um, but our restrooms are not being bombarded by, you know, men and women are, aren't feeling safe in the restroom. I'm not saying that that hasn't happened in the sense of, you know, women, you know, we feel unsafe walking around in a parking lot by men who are being men who, who, who make our environment unsafe. And so it, it is a right wing talking point. It's a right wing, um, you know, uh, way of trying to create fear. Um, it's politics um, because you have to pander to something, you have to create some kind of villain instead of talking about the real issues. Um, and, and when you say seriousness, it's like the seriousness is, you know, in, in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a third worst na- or state in the nation for women to die by de- domestic violence by a intimate partner. So what's going on in women's homes? <laughs> you know, what's happening? You know, we're not having that conversation. We're not looking at how we're strengthening laws around domestic violence cases um, and ensuring women are safe when they come to law enforcement and say, I am being abused by my husband. Um, and so, uh, you know, those are the things that we should be talking about. And we're not having serious conversations around that. Instead, we're saying our bathrooms are being, you know, uh, we're unsafe in our bathrooms. Like, where is that happening and how often? I'm not, that's not what I hear when I'm talking to my constituents. Well, you, you just missed it because Mustafa accidentally walked into the women's <laughs> bathroom when he came in, when he came in this morning. No, but I get that I, man some coffee. Let me let me say this much in in regards to how I really feel about it. I, the narrative that's set here doesn't have anything to do with the real problems in the state of Oklahoma, Todd. And mm-hmm. and I think that Josh would probably not do a very good job of explaining why the Republicans in this great state of ours spend so much time on nonsense. And when I when I speak of the nonsense, point out stuff that's really uh, affecting us and trans. Is not one of them right now. Books in the library is not one of them right now. Our economy is, and mm-hmm. and and our jobs are. 
Well, uh, you know, I would and, disagree and what, with what I, 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 I would disagree with both of you because I, I think it depends on on where you live and where you're coming from because there is no doubt that there is an agenda trying to be pushed on some children out there, but it's also being pushed from social media and YouTube. It's not necessarily teachers and things like that, but you know, I could talk about Leah Thomas, you know, taking a spot away from a real woman uh, and and winning an NCAA championship when he was a failed men's swimmer and now he's dominating but let's move on yeah, because move we're on going with... to agree and disagree because i know from time to time you like to put on uh, a dress mustafa and that's I, I okay do. i don't and blame you for i want i want the stitford wives I'm... <laughs> i thought he <laughs> I said wanna... i thought he said stitford wives that's for a exactly second what i said so... stitford wives because we seem to not even focus on what he's doing these days okay well we're going to and we're going to get to the veto override in just a couple of minutes but Cindy, I think there's a more important issue that I just learned about today, thankfully through X, which used to be Twitter, I think. Now it's X. I'm still getting used to that. Evidently, the Chinese government is running the Tulsa public schools. Did you hear about this? Ryan Walters let us know about this yesterday. Yeah, again, um, this man is not serious. He he is... A, an absolute um, harm to our public education system and to our children. It is absolutely embarrassing. It's sad. It's it, I, I, it's even hard to comment because it, it is just ridiculous. This this attack on t- Tulsa Public Schools and that is not the role of the state superintendent of public instruction. Um, and just know if he's going after that school district, he's going to go after others. What he needs to be focused on is why are teachers leaving our classrooms? Are our kids going to get the education that they need and they deserve? Um, and ensuring that our education system works for every child who is in our public education system across the state of Oklahoma. He needs to get off his phone and out of his car and do his work. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and here's here's what really troubles me, and this is from a conservative, right? But if you take away the accreditation of Tulsa Public Schools, where the heck are those kids going to go to school? Right. Uh, and that's, you know, of course, Tulsa and Oklahoma City are our largest public school districts in the state. Um, and it's it, and at the end of the day, if, you know, you know, always there are going to be people in your local community who are upset with a school district. But that's why you have a local school board. You have a superintendent. You have people on the ground to deal with those things. Um, if there were real problems or these real issues that he's claiming, I think there would have been some conversation about that before he inserted himself and Moms of Liberty, this right wing conservative group that, you know, it, it is it is ridiculous. Um, and it is harming our kids, our children who deserve a quality public education. School starts, just like you said, with your son playing football. I mean, school starts here in a couple of weeks for our kids all across the state. Um, and they need to be prepared for the future. You want an economy that works, a strong economy, then we've got to focus on taking care of our public schools, period. Well, and and I agree with you now. There's no doubt that there are some issues with Tulsa Public Schools and Oklahoma City Public Schools, but I would counter like that that starts at <laughs> home. Well, we're talking about reading scores and, and uh, testing uh-huh. scores, but okay, most, of that like, start, <laughs> most of that starts at home, with parents and a lot of that is due to poverty and and also just environment where these kids are growing up and it's sad but i don't know what the answer is because you can't stop 
you you can't force kids to read to their parents, especially if the parents are illiterate too. And that's just a fact. And 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 that happens a lot throughout this day. It happens in rural areas, but it happens even more in in the urban areas because there are more kids. It's bigger mm-hmm. population. But I don't know how you solve that. I mean, am well, I wrong on that? Well. We certainly can't legislate parenting. I mean, that that is true. But what we can do, and this goes back to, you know, what we're talking about in the beginning of the show, is let's focus on the real issues of the day. Why can't why can't parents spend time reading to their kids at home every night and 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 it's all perfect every day because they're working three jobs because they're 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 care they're single parents who are raising children on their own um you know we we create all these hardships because we won't actually have a conversation about what does it mean to have a living wage what does it mean to i mean think about the percentage of oklahomans specifically women who are incarcerated right now that trauma uh travels through the family it it, it impacts the child when their parent isn't available to be there and then you have to look back on the, that adult's life well what happened there well we weren't taking care of their families and we weren't taking care of them when they were young and in school and so it's a it's a generational cycle that keeps on repeating itself. But whose fault is it that the parents are incarcerated? They had to do something to be incarcerated, didn't they, Cindy? Come on. Well, we have to look at uh, well, when you when you look at a majority of people who are incarcerated, you you hear their stories. I've worked with parents who are incarcerated. Usually, there is a substance abuse um, issue um, rooted in some type of childhood trauma, sexual assault. Um, again, they grew up in a single parent home or they didn't have have family around them. So, yeah, they made poor choices. So and it's the breakdown of the family. Know. That That is the problem. It's the breakdown but, of the family, yeah. right? Can a I, conservative I, value. But, but now, real quickly, on. one of the things. Okay, <laughs> Todd, I, Todd, help me with this question. Why is it not mandatory for a child before they can advance from the first grade to the second grade to the third grade without being able to read? Why can't we teach reading at that level so that we at least give these children a chance to do better? Unless you get to get to that reading portion of, of, of the public school systems, what's your answer there? Well, I, I will tell you, we do teach it, but it, it is something that also has to be reinforced at home, but you we only don't, have we don't a have matter. Homes. We don't well, have homes. that's that's so what, what, you, what that's what right I'm saying. Now? It's the breakdown of the nuclear family. But you know, this is such a big issue. But kids also have step into a classroom like I have yeah. recently and see the behavioral issues of kids. Now it's amazing how much worse it's gotten uh, in the last ten years. Cindy, you've seen it. You've subbed again. I, I absolutely have seen it. I actually, prior to going to the legislature, what actually pushed me to run is I worked for the Girl Scouts. I worked throughout western Oklahoma, uh, central and western Oklahoma in 39 counties, going into school districts, trying to provide pre- free programming. I did not run like our troop type programming. I did the things that um, where we brought in Girl Scout programming, leadership programming for girls who didn't have access to it, who who don't have parents at home who can be troop leaders. I worked in our detention facilities. I worked with mothers who were incarcerated. And what I saw was you don't have counselors like you did when I, even when I was in school. I, I just got out of high school 20 years ago, which I know it's like 20 years, but it's not that long ago. I had counselors. We had behavioral counselors. We had academic counselors. When, when students don't have the resources they need in their classroom, yeah, every and, and so much is falling on teachers because there is so much going on. Uh, no, we can't, we cannot, um, uh, te- like I said, we can't legislate 
uh, how to parent. But to your point, you know, yes, you, at the end of the day, in your private home, you have to decide how you're raising your family. But but outside forces that have that are rooted in policy, which means policymakers have to understand what is going on in people's lives. If we don't have counselors in the class and te- or excuse me, in the school building, we don't have teachers in the classroom who can teach and take care of their students. If kids are hungry because parents aren't making a living wage, I watched my dad my entire life work two to three jobs all my life, and he was a single dad. Um, but it was the community that wrapped around us that helped me to get where I am today. And that is why my my mindset and my values are set in what can we do to improve our policies to ensure families can even thrive. Uh, you know, you got to have access to health care. You have to have um, a working vehicle. How do you get a working vehicle? you got to have a job that pays well so you can get a car that works to get you from point A to point B. Um, or could we improve our public transportation system? Um, when when people come out of incarceration, can they get access to housing and a job? Usually the answer is no, or it's really, really hard. And so, no, I cannot tell you how to raise your family and how to be a parent. But as a policymaker, I can look at, you know, what are the things that we're doing that are creating barriers that are making things so much more difficult for people? We have control there. Um, and those are the things we should be focused on as opposed to women's bill of rights and, and things like that. But it um, also because- takes personal responsibility and choices that everybody can make. No matter how you grew up, you can overcome anything if you work hard and take responsibility. And uh, unfortunately, there's a breakdown of that happening in our society because we have this what can you give me for free mentality so much. But we will move on now. It is a, once again, I got I to gotta jar with you a little bit, Cindy. Josh is not here. So uh, now let's talk about uh, besides China. Uh, let's talk about the other big issue in the state. And you alluded to it earlier. OK, you guys are finally done, I believe, in the special session, concurrent session and all this stuff. Uh, you overrode the final veto of Governor Stitt uh, about the tribal compacts. But let me ask you this. Where do we go from here? Because the governor has already filed a lawsuit against Senator Treat and uh, Speaker McCall. And and we're we're waiting for the state Supreme Court to decide. But whose job is it to work on these compacts with the tribes? Because technically, isn't it the governor's job? <clears throat> well, the governor's not doing his job, <laughs> and and he because he just won't roll over and tribe. say whatever I, the tribes want. I mean, cor- correct me no, what what should he be no, doing? He, he should be a leader and sit down with the tribes and have a conversation versus, I mean, ever since he's been become governor, um, he has, he has tried to find ways to attack and misrepresent who they are. And, and at the end of the day, you know, what he seems to not either remember or just totally, you know, doesn't want to acknowledge or disrespect the fact that these are tribes, these are sovereign nations. These are not, you know, these are not just, you know, people with issues that are bringing, you know, these are, these are nations. They are here. They, we are to work in partnership with each other. Um, like I've said multiple times on this show, you know, historically speaking, I think that there have been governors before him that probably have had disagreements, but you have never seen it play out like this because they have figured out ways to sit down and have a conversation and work out their differences and get to a place where they could get to an agreement that would work best for the tribes and work best for the state of Oklahoma. The tribes have shown time and time again that they are willing to do that. 
and and he doesn't. Um, he he misrepresents everything that is going on. These compacts have been in place. All we did was extend them for one year, and he's acting like the sky is falling, and that is not true. Um, and and this is an issue that you're going to, you know, yeah, there are some um, who who voted against extending the compact, but for the most part, overwhelmingly, this is not a partisan issue. Um, Representative Moore and Representative West and I have said that on this show as well. Um, this is something that we know is important to the state because we know what the tribes contribute to the state of Oklahoma. Um, they're, they are our largest economic partners. Um, and so to fight with them unnecessarily and to drag it out and continue to drag it out is just a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Um, and we've got to move on and start focusing again on things that actually matter, like all the things we've been jarring back and forth on. Well, shouldn't um, shouldn't he that... fight to get the best deal though for the state? I mean, can you fault him I mean, for at, at least point, trying to renegotiate? At this point, I don't know that he's fighting for anything other than his own ego. I don't know what is the best for the state. We don't even know what that sounds like or looks like because all he he hasn't stated what that is. I'll say one thing: more money, well, more problems. You know, we talked about the we talked about the sovereignty. Yes. We're not going to go there again. Yes, you want to no, keep bringing because up? I keep bringing this up I, I because said it's it's the sovereignty that makes oh, us as Oklahoma. Okay, well, to, if 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 they're so sovereign, sovereign yeah, okay, then why that. why did they even have to go into compacts with the state to have the right to do casino gambling? constitutionally they have the right to work with us any kind of way they want to if they want these compacts but then why didn't they just do casino gambling and stuff like that say hey we're sovereign we don't have to do we don't have to listen to any state or federal laws they don't have to listen to the indians either when it comes to casino did you just call them indians i'm an indian shame on you no 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 next thing you're going to be wearing a columbus day shirt (laughs) There we go, Cindy. You you need to be the moderator for Todd and I one day. I know. I'm like, now hold on. Yeah. Who's the guest? <laughs> but Cindy, I mean, just why why did they even have to enter into compacts with the state then at all if they're sovereign? They didn't have to. I mean, they didn't have to, but but this is that's this is a healthy way to do it to say we are in partnership with each other. How do we work together on on these issues and figure out how does the state how does the state benefit and how do the tribal nations benefit versus I'm going to keep mine and you're not going to get any and that and that's that's exactly the what I think is embarrassing about the governor is that the tribes are and have always been trying to work together but when you look back on the history of this country okay remember how the country you know, the beginning of the United States there was you know a uh, wiping out of Native Americans and and it's like you, we, and that's never happened in any other country. Oh, no please. other country has ever been invaded, if you will, by another nationality and people. I'm I'm not saying it's right, but we act like this has only happened in America. No, we don't. We, we don't <laughs> we don't act like this is the only country, but this is our country, and to bring it exactly. to the table and discuss it is what we need to do. And, you know, based on the past, Andrew Jackson, one of my favorite people, my Choctaw friends had to get up. My family had to get up out of Meridian, Mississippi and march all the way over here to the great state of Oklahoma to be called civilized. Now, 
Come on. There's mm-hmm. a lot of lot of things that are just really comical when it comes to how we were treated here as natives. You yeah. discovered us. Now, how can you discover a people in the country that, come on. Governor Stitt, Governor Stitt is Native American, too, just in case yeah, right. people were wondering right. out there. He, he is like a member of the Choctaw Nation. Am I wrong, Cindy? No, but he seems to forget. Yeah. I'm getting some very good texts from uh, Jeff Baron, but unfortunately, we are <laughs> we out, out of time. next time, too, so, because... Oh, There's my a lot goodness. to be said about this. The, the thing that I don't like about the governor is the way he goes about it. You're going to just twist my arms, and now we got lawsuits. Well, go vote for Gettner Drummond in two years, and that'll <laughs> solve all your problems. All right. Cindy, <laughs> Cindy thank you Cindy so Monson. much. Yes, it's been For being a part of the show. Sure. <laughs> This is one of the livelier ones I've been on, so I may I'm not be on here Friday. Now. Okay, well, you go celebrate uh, the Women's Bill of Rights, <laughs> and please post some pictures on Twitter with your celebration. Yeah. Cindy, hey, we love you. Seriously, thanks for being a part of the show. You're welcome. You guys have a good weekend. Uh, Cooler days coming soon. So. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Amen. And Jeff Ronk says he's Cherokee, not Chocto. Half Chippewa and uh, what is that song by Tim McGraw? Never mind. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.